Welcome to season four of the Dynamic Leader podcast. My name is Shelley Flett. I believe that leadership at its core requires strong relationships, the ability to sit in a space of genuine curiosity and the courage to build capability in others. I believe great leaders are lifelong learners. And so my intention is to help you to continue your learning journey by bringing you new perspectives from experts in their field. I hope you enjoy this conversation. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another Dynamic Leader Conversation. Today, we are talking about power. And I know that that word might have um, instant feelings that generate for you. Um, You might have associations that you apply to that. Um, Power, control, dominance, those kind of terms come up when I think of the word power. But today's conversation is power within And I'm joined by Dr. Sharon Melnick, who is a clinical psychologist and has been coaching executives for the past 22 years and has just released um, late in 2022 a new book. It's a bestseller um, called In Your Power, and it's about reacting less, regaining control and raising others. And she really puts a new spin on the concept of power. So um, thank you so much for joining us today, Sharon. I'm really looking forward to the conversation. Delighted. Let's dig in. Uh, so I, I guess my, my first question um, in terms of power is when, when I was uh, learning to be a coach, uh, one of the things that I remember early on was this concept around power with and power through as opposed to power over. Uh, and I'm not sure if you're, you've heard of that concept, whether that's something that was unique to the person that trained me. Uh, but I found that really interesting because at the time, we were still using a little bit of this command and control kind of leadership. There was still a, a lot of tell, but we started to, to transition across to more of our people focused instead of I'm the leader, I know everything, do what I say kind of focus. What's your view on that? Yeah, I think it's the, the right question to ask, right? And uh, so let's from the beginning make a distinction between being in power and being in your power, right? Because I think most of the time when we think of the word power, we think of it as a negative. We think of it as like selfish and manipulative and forceful and uh, all those kinds of things. And it's like, well, I don't wanna be that, you know? So a lot of us are like uncomfortable with the idea of power. And I think that that refers more to being in power, right? But you know, you're only that way if you're in power, but you're not in your power. Right. So actually, the word power derives from its Latin root, passe, which means to be able. So really, it's about the way that each of us are able. So rather than thinking about the word power in terms of like having power, right, which, which is part of it, and we'll talk about that, um, but it's about being able, it's about the ability to stay good in you, no matter what's going on around you, right? So that you, when you show up and act in the situation, it can be from a a place of clarity, uh, a place of agency, uh, a place of sovereignty in yourself, a place of efficacy. And so that when you act, you actually can, Uh, stay good in you. You can make it better for you. And not only that, but you can make it better for everyone else around you. So let's bring it on. 
let's redefine the idea of power as a force for good. So uh, it seems like the hard way to go around that, like redefining the word power, which has over the years developed a whole meaning itself, which is it's negative, it's about force, it's about supremacy, it's about all these things. And you're taking it on to redefine it as opposed to using another word. And I'm really curious about that. Yeah. Well, I think um, what you just said is so insightful because it's really telling that power seems like it's something that's out there, you know, that other people have or can do to us. And that is really at the heart of the experience of feeling powerless, right, or kind of done to. And, um, you know, that's really what prompted me to write the book, In Your Power, is because I think so many of us, mo most of us, really all of us, you know, these days have situations, at least one in our lives, where we feel powerless, meaning that um, it seems like the other person or the circumstances are determining how we feel inside of ourselves. We feel kind of at the mercy of other people. It seems like their actions are determining how things are going to unfold in this situation. And I think it's really at the heart of what a lot of people are experiencing as kind of, you know, a malaise or just like things don't seem to be going in the world or in my life, you know, or in my workplace the way or my relationship, you know, the way that I want them to. And, um, it, you know, it can take many, many forms. I mean, it, you could be a leader of a team and you just can't get your people to like live up to your expectations or, you know, not do their quiet quitting behavior that they're doing right now. Or you might be, um, you know, a, a talented woman who is overlooked or undervalued or underrecognized and you just can't get your boss to kind of see how ready you are for promotion. It could be in your personal life, uh, really, where there's just someone who's just like always you know, dismissing you or all about them or whatever it is. We see this, um, you know, at a macro level. We, you know, when it comes to politics, you know, we feel like the people who are, you know, politicians are violating our values. They're not supporting the way we think the world should be. It's, you know, it seems like there's people who are like, you know, opposing us in their political party. Everyone experiences like professors are afraid that their students are going to cancel them. I mean, it could, you know, leaders of companies are like afraid of their young people and what, mm. what they're going to like speak out or cancel them. You know, so it's uh, it's kind of everywhere we have an experience where it seems like what's going on outside of us determines how we feel inside. And when that's the case, uh, you know, you your come from is is um, not going to allow you to actually make the situation better. You're in fear you're blaming, you're emotionally hijacked, you're in the mental swirl, you're convinced that the other quote unquote, you know, sort of party or out people outside of you or circumstances are wrong and it shouldn't be that way. And that's weak leverage when you go to try to change that situation. And it's only when we're in our power that we're actually gonna be able to do anything to change the culture or change circumstances that we don't think are good for us or for other people. When you're in your power, you shift the power dynamic. Mm -hmm. So 
that's what I think a lot of people are feeling these days. Like, I don't want anyone outside of me to like, determine my career path or my mental health, you know, or make me feel less than or that I don't have control. And uh, this is, I think, the way that we're going to create changes by each person kind of being in their power and creating that ripple effect. And so your book around being in your power is with the idea that it is good for all, because often being in your power is sometimes to the detriment of others. Like if I think about, um, you know, some some kind of movements like um, we will not have this done to us and we are going to take back the power. I'm just thinking about terms that are sometimes used through the media. And I think that taking something back or regaining some kind of power within self is often to the detriment of others. Like we go too far and it's still underpinned by this level of fear, but it doesn't sound like your book is. So do you sort of, did you take that into consideration? Yeah, Uh, such a good question. And um, I want to validate what it is that you just said. Because actually the way that we have been defining power, especially in terms of like positional power, um, it is true. It has been shown to be true that quote unquote power can go to your head, right? So studies show that people who are in higher power kind of status, like maybe they're, they're, they're the boss or they're in charge or have some legal you know, power or something, they are more likely to direct their energies in pursuit of their own goals and their empathy is reduced. They see those around them more as stereotypes than people who um, are kind of you know, le- less in power. Um, they devote less attention to getting to know the specific characteristics and life circumstances of, of individuals. So they just kind of other people and um, they are not thinking of like what's in the best interest of all, right? They're less inclusive in their um, communication style. So. Um, whether you're actually like a a person in high power status, like you have power, or whether you're someone who's trying to regain that power, just what you're saying, you're sort of saying, can you just be all about you and then not take into consideration other people? But I would say that's actually not being in your power because that is, um, I I think um, being in your power is more about taking into consideration like all of the factors that are going on in the situation and then um, like you being really effective in terms of what you can control and um, but doing so in in the service of a greater good. And let me let me just start with like a analogy or metaphor that can serve as um, further conversation for this. So um, many of us as we're going through our days or let me just not say let me ask you as you're listening, you know, when, as you're going through your day, are you more like the thermometer or are you more like the thermostat? So, because many of us feel as we're going through our day, we're more like the thermometer. So things that are going on around us, other people's actions, you know, we're sort of like our mental and emotional state is like going up and down and reacting and all over the place. We're more like the thermometer. And what you want as you come into your power is to be the thermostat. When you're the thermostat, you set the tone. You set the temperature. Now a thermostat, takes into consideration all of the elements of the situation, like the air and the humidity and the, the flow and the, the body temperature of the people that are there. Like it like literally takes all these things into consideration. It harmonizes them. And then it's like, and to come up with like 
you know, the decided upon temperature. <laughs> you know what I mean? And um, that's really the idea of power that I'm talking about here, right? Is that mm-hmm. um, you can uh, kind of use your power for the good of all, but it's not just uh, kind of like what you want, because that means that you are um, not taking into consideration some things. Like, so for example, that might be reflective of um, a scarcity mindset, mm. right? Where you're like, there isn't enough, you know, to go around, so I'm just going to take my loaf of bread, you know, or, um, you know, that's not um, being in touch. Uh, like if, if you're not empathic to yourself, that actually will keep you from being empathic to other people's kind of needs or feelings. So I would say if you're all about you, then you're cut off from a part of your experience. And, and I don't think that means that you're personally in power. Mm. Do you think that the, you know, given the workplace is, um, is so chaotic at the moment, I mean, 2022 just seemed to be busy for everyone. And, you know, there was a lot of exhaustion and burnout kind of setting in. And I think people kind of came to a bit of a crashing end at the end of the year. And, um, yeah, I do worry that we will see that again in 2023, but that when we start to, when the pressure is put on, particularly for leaders, they go into a little bit of, I want to say binary thinking, which is, well, it's either about me or it's about others. I either do it for mm-hmm. myself or I do it for everyone else, um, or it's on or it's off versus this balance between. And so the power within is about all not just one over the other how do you shift the thinking from that space where you you do feel like I've got to protect myself over others Mm -hmm. yeah and uh um so there's you know many many strategies uh in in my book in your power about that because I think I think that that's what people want uh these days and um I I think you're absolutely uh, right that it's it's um one of the things that we're set up to do as human beings, right, is that we have a lot of these built-in biases. And uh, it's important to be aware of them because they will interfere with you being in your power, and, and which is kind of synonymous with being a good leader, like, right, on a, in, you know, in a lot of ways. If you looked at, like, kind of what it looks like to be a good leader, you know, those would all be, pre- you know, supposed that you're, um, you know, in your power. And um, so I think that's right. And so you know, going into um, kind of, you know, all or nothing or, or this, um, you know, black or white or absolute kind of thinking um, is definitely one of them. Uh, another one of these uh, kind of cognitive biases is um, the fundamental attribution error, where when you think about someone else's behavior, you think um, it's about them and their personality and they're doing it on purpose as opposed to taking into account maybe the contextual factors or what's going on that day or the, the constraints that they're under or something that's more kind of compassionate and seeing the whole kind of context. You know, we have confirmation bias in which we have our own beliefs or our own agendas, you know, or what's important to us in terms of our function. And then we're on the lookout for information that confirms that. I think we saw a lot of that, you know, in this past year, as opposed to really being um, able to hold, you know, conflicting points of view or, or, or that there might be multiple layers, you know, which is always going on in any, you know, you know, companies are more complex. I mean, all the problems are, you know, more complex. So it, it, it requires someone to have this flexibility uh, in their mind. So 
I think, you know, we're set up biologically because, um, you know, when, uh, you know, just in terms of the way that we're wired, we're set up to focus on things that we can't control. Uh, we're set up in the moments where we, you know, we're, we're stressed or not even stressed, but just have relentless demand, you know, coming in. Um, our sympathetic nervous system is the part of our brain that we uh, recruit. And it is literally set up to be very efficient, you know, so it's set up to go right to these biases that are built in. Um, it's set up to um, try to ha have to exert the least amount of effort as possible and just put all of our, uh, you know, energies into protecting ourselves from the threat. So we'll go right to that, you know, kind of narrowed thinking or the black and white, you know, or absolutes, uh, you know, me versus you kind of thinking. And actually all of these demands um, are filtered through the emotional centers uh, of our brain, of which the primary kind of question is like, what is this? mean or what's the implication for me and mine you know so as long as we're in this stressed out state as long as we're in the kind of always on you know always kind of uh, pushing is, is as long as this is our default state and we're not able to kind of counterbalance it which we should talk about in a sec um, then it, you know all the incoming information is going to set us up uh, to have this uh, kind of thinking and um, that you know that's what leads to a lot of people in the workplace just feeling like it's just like a battle, you know, every day to be heard and it's like turf wars and, you know, people who don't get back to me and they're all about them and, you know, everyone's just sort of caught up and uh, overwhelmed and um, it's really, you know, not, not our best uh, recipe for performance and, um, you know, when this is the case for you, uh, you're probably the least person to know it. It's a little bit like kind of um, drunk driving at work. You know, it's like when you're on this stress cycle, you know what I mean? It's like you're actually like the last to know, you know, and we really need to make it like friends and team members don't let friends and team members, you know, kind of stay out of their power and stay in a stressed out state because it, you know, makes a ripple effect negatively for everyone. And so do you, you know, where do you, how do you break that? You know, how do you break that? when you're in it even if you know our listeners because i think the benefit of podcasts is that people will listen to it and go i think i think that might be me so for any leaders who are going i i'm hearing sharon i'm i'm really understanding like now what <laughs> what do i do with that where do they start oh, there's so much that you can do you have so much more power than you think so uh you know, um, so th there's there's two things that I want to talk about. So the first is that I think when it comes to burnout, the way that we've been thinking about burnout is we talk about it in terms of like, oh, there's so much to do. You know what I mean? Or I've so so many things going on, and my kids are applying to college, and my mother's in the hospital. You know, we just talk about there's so too much to do, and it does. It overtaxes our circuits. That is true, but that's not the only thing that's going on when it comes to burnout. Uh, what's really the fast track to burnout that many of us are on these days is these situations that kick us out of our power because then we get into that emotional swirl and in our mind we're like we're blaming that person you know my boss shouldn't have treated me that way my colleague is being self-sabotaging me you know I'm I'm worried or uncertain you know for my role or I feel excluded or marginalized in this situation or I don't feel seen or heard and it's really these experiences and the kind of emotional hijack that it causes where we, um, and you know, especially like for women and underrepresented uh, folks in the workplace, you know, if you've experienced a microaggression and you have to think to yourself like, 
did they really say that? Did they really mean that? Should I say something? What are going to be the consequences if I say something? You know, you could just hear it like there's all this like extra cognitive load. This, on top of the too much to do, is really what is putting us into burnout. So the reason that I say that is that first I'm going to um, give us uh, like a couple of strategies that you can use to sort of achieve calm, you know what I mean, and kind of get out of that sympathetic, nervous, hyped up state. But then the second thing is all the things that we can talk about is knowing how to get back in your power and to get back to that mental clarity, to transcend the moment, to get back to your best self, to be intentional so that you can act in a way that actually um, you, you feel like you have more control and you actually make the circumstances better. Mm. So I think, I think you really need both sets of strategies. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So if you want to get started, actually. I would love that, um, yeah. If you, yeah, okay, cool. So, um, you know, the, the first thing is to kind of deal with the burnout layer, uh, if you will. And so what's going on there is that, um, you know, we're just, we have an on button and we have an off button and we're supposed to balance the two. So, you know, when you're in caveman and woman times, um, we're, we're literally, that's how we were wired. You know, so we'd be out during the day, we'd be like trying to hunt the woolly mammoth and we'd be back in the homestead, like making the fire and making the meals and tending to the kids, you know, but then we'd be in the, um, like putting out a lot of energy, but then at night we'd be in the dark cave resting and digesting and maintaining our immune system and, and, and rejuvenating. But the way we live today, like I was saying, we're, we're only on, we're only, you know, using that. So that's what leads to the wear and tear is that there's no balance and rejuvenation. It's all output and depletion. So one thing that you can uh, do is just start to kind of balance that on button and that off button, uh, and it, it will give you immediate rejuvenation. So one strategy is like a sprint recovery approach to your day. Like, you know, let's say you can aspire to 90 minutes on and two or three minutes of a brief recovery activity, deep breathing, a couple of stretches, go for a walk around the block, put on headphones and like, you know, get into like a different state, then come back to it, whatever mm -hmm. it is going through your day uh, like that, what the research shows is that we all start our day about, you know, let's say 90 to 100% of our mental capacity and energy level. But um, when you just are always on by 5 p.m., most of us are 30, 40% of our mental capacity and energy level. But when you do a sprint a recovery approach, let's say every 90 minutes, you just take that quick detachment or you replenish your system. You do that um, every 90 minutes, two hours. By the time you get to 5 p.m., you're at 60 to 70% of your so hang on. capacity and energy level. So actually almost double. <laughs> so I can do a 90-minute sprint, and then I can do a two-minute breathing exercise and go for another 90 minutes. Yes. And it will give me, if I yes. did that throughout the day, would give me, it would have me operating still at 60% by the end of my day. Bingo. Love it. I mean, who can't yeah, spare two minutes? Well, but the thing is, is that when you're, when you're really um, on that on button cycle, you have time famine and you actually feel like you don't have two minutes, right? So you have to be really intentional in the way that you schedule your day because it, you know, it's not about stress management. It's about self-management, right? So you have to be really intentional in this day and it'll give you just that little bit of a mental vacation where you can reset your priorities and you can kind of come back to you. And like, remember what's important and who you are and what your priorities are. So that's just, you know, kind of like a basic scheduling uh, kind of thing. And then 
educate everyone else around you that this is what you're doing so they don't like come in and like trample right on your intention. There's um, there's breathing techniques. You know, your mind follow your mind follows your breath. So you know, in the middle of the day, it's it may not be user friendly to do a 90 minute yoga class at lunchtime. So there's things that you could do, um, and um, you know, uh, for um, uh, for readers of the book or anyone who wants um, some of these strategies, I actually have a whole listing uh, of these strategies to manage your nervous system at inyourpowerbook.com. And um, so you could just do um, uh, a breathing technique. And, th and there's a number that you can do just to kind of like slow your breath down and start to activate that off button, you know, the parasympathetic nervous system. But I'm going to give you a strategy that's going to bridge from the managing the too much to do to the really dealing more with the being in your power. Because there's a lot of situations that trigger us. We got to talk about that. And um, a lot of people are, are very frustrated and angry in the workplace. You know, they, they just feel kind of done to or dismissed or that they're not heard. And, um, and, and people, you know, you can have a situation like this. You can be talked over in your 9 a.m. meeting. And many people in their 4 p.m. meeting are still feeling off and, like, yucky and rehashing it. And <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and yeah. you know, thinking about what they should do about the situation. So one thing that you can do to really just clear emotion away, it's very, very user-friendly, is cooling breath. Cooling breath uh, is a breathing technique that will, like when you find yourself getting like hot under the collar and like, you know, like you need to stay poised because like really you want to like say something that you'll regret. Um, uh, it just keeps you cool, calm, and collected. So let's do it now. Okay. Cooling breath uh, is a reverse breath. You're going to open your mouth ever so slightly. You're going to breathe in as if you're sipping through a straw. Out through your nose. So just do it while I'm talking here. You're going to breathe in as if you're creating a wind tunnel over the top of your tongue. Now, and then out through your nose. Are you feeling a cooling and a drying sensation over the top of your tongue? Yeah. If you are, that's very good. Good for you. So that means it's already working even within a couple of breaths. So this will take you out of that emotional hijack. It will reconnect you to your thinking centers of your brain. And it will enable you to really, like, be the thermostat instead of the thermometer. It's because the thermostat can ask the question, what, what's the outcome that we, we're going for here? And even, like, what's the outcome that's, like, in the best interest of all <laughs> that will strengthen the relationship, that will move the work forward, you know, instead of just me being all pissed off and then, like, nobody's getting what they need in that situation, you know? So, you know, it, it connects you with your intention. And to see the bigger picture. And then from there, you know, the next question is like, and who do I need to show up as in order to start moving the situation in that direction? So very, very constructive. Um, and and any time that you can really articulate like who you want to be and, and show up in that way, you know, you're already participating in the situation on your own terms. So like instantly, you know, and there, there's a whole um, there's a whole chapter in the book that h helps you, you know, kind of formulate like who do, who do you want to show up as and how do you actually do that when you're in a reaction or tempted to react. And, uh, you know, I think if I think if more people could do that, um, we, we would have a lot more intentionality. I know you love that word, too, you know, uh, in in the workplace. And um, just as a little uh, added bonus, uh, cooling breath 
not only does it calm you down, but it actually calms down and de-escalates the situation for the people around you. So it has like a little secret weapon built in. Uh, use it at your family dinner uh, gatherings as well as at your team meetings. One of, one of the things you mentioned is, you know, who do I want to be showing up as? And I, and I work with leaders who I often see will use this term of I need to. And, and I spend a bit of time with them just transitioning from this need to a want because the need does imply that there's something externally. But I do think there is a, an expectation, particularly with leaders, that we do start to show up more compassionate, more curious, more aware, more willing to see other people's perspectives. But not all leaders necessarily want that yet. So, and so you hear this term, I need to, I need to be calmer. I need to be more understanding of people. Is there a, is there an approach or a shift that we need to make or that we, we would want to make around that the need to the want because I, I love yeah. the term I want to show up I hear I need to a lot yeah that's so perceptive and uh you know I think our model of leadership of effective leadership and our expectation uh of leaders has shifted um I think it's here to stay yeah. and um if if people feel like, oh, I'm not as developed, you know, in that approach as uh, is needed for me, I think that's a growth opportunity. Um, and, uh, you know, for a person as a leader, and, you know, it's also a way of like talking to ourselves, you know, like it's, it's a way of kind of, you know, judging ourselves, like, oh, I really need to, you know, do this differently. And I think you're right. Um, you know, encouraging people to change their language. The way that I uh, do that is, is, um, by helping leaders to articulate uh, kind of th this intention, right, of kind of who they want to show up as, because then they've chosen it. You know, mm -hmm. they, it's not being put on them by any cultural, you know, pressures or anything. It's really a, a sweet spot intersection between who they want to be and what the, their team or organization needs of them. And most leaders really embrace that. Like they want to be that, you know, because that is freely chosen. So I think that's uh, a, a way of doing it. And, and it's also, you know, when you ask them, like, what's the outcome that you want? And then who do you want, you know, who or that's even, who do you need to show up as in, in terms of that? I mean, that's fine to use that language there because it's in terms of the, you know, the outcome that they want. And um, I think also if you can help leaders to appreciate the impact that they can have when they show up uh, in ways that are more you know, calm, empathic, et cetera, uh, and um, the impact that they can have on their own self-esteem, I think is profound because I think mm. people want to feel proud you know, of who they're being, but the impact that they can have on all the people around them in the business, and we really, I really want each of you to be connected to that, and that's back to that whole idea of like using your power as a force for good and in the service of, you know, for the good for all. And um, I do have a chapter at the end of the book, which is, um, uh, you know, like how to, how to really understand the power you have in your position, because it goes so far beyond like your job description, right? And especially what you're referring to these days is there's so much like a leader has in terms of being a, you know, a tone setter, uh, you know, an ally. I mean, you know, a leader creates the weather on the team. Yeah, it, but they don't, it's not through force. Like, like, I think it's that 
it's actually easier than you think. And I, and I, I think you don't need to do leadership. I think it's that, you know, if you come back to, I understand all the things that need to happen, but the place that I have to start is what is it that I want for myself and that we do come back to ourselves and that when we give out permission for ourselves to do that, just by default, we give the permission for others. Would you like, I'm really keen to hear your thoughts around that. Yeah. And what you just said is so powerful. Like, really? Just think about that, actually. And uh, I, I want everyone listening to really, really get that because being in your power is not selfish, right? Just as you said, like, when you're in your power, um, like, you hold space for new conversations because you know how to, like, share your powerful truth or you, you know how to bring people along, you know, in mm. your vision. Um, when you see your when you value yourself you require other people to value you you know when you show up authentic you create permission just like you're saying you know for everyone else to show up uh, authentic to them so you know when uh when a leader is in their power you raise everyone around you and that's the leader that you all want to be right so that's what i'm saying is like you you can really uh appreciate that that actually and I encourage all of you to always see, like, um, appreciate the reverberative effect that you can have by speaking up or by setting a tone, you know, of inclusion, mm -hmm. let's say, you know, on your team or by making choices um, uh, to, to be inclusive or setting the culture according to, um, you know, what's in the best interest of all. And, uh, and, and there's... The, it's it's uh it's yes it's about like what's written into your um, job description, but I think these days you know we we used to think about like a leader does tasks and like ticks tasks off the list of them and their team, but now it's like really appreciating that like tasks get done through people, <laughs> you know, and like do people. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And so um, I, I guess the other question that comes up for me is, and this is what I, I hear a little bit of this when I'm working with um, some of my clients is, yeah, that's okay for you to expect that of me, but what about everybody else? Like, why do I have to do this? Or why is this on me? And I find that's really interesting as well, because there's almost this need to, well, if I'm going to do it, everybody else needs to do it as well. And I don't want to have to do this without others and that can often stall people starting or actually making that a priority but it still means that the control is outside of themselves so I think leaders try to control things that they're just never going to be able to control so is there an element of acceptance and letting things go that needs to happen as well yeah I I think that's so true I mean you just you just spoke a, a truth bomb there. You know what I mean? It's like we all as leaders, like um, we think we have a lot of control and, and, you know, we do have control of a lot of things actually, but like, you know what I mean? Um, there's, you know, that, um, that, that there's like a lot that uh, isn't within our control. And, um, and, you know, I think, I think there it's about really, um, it's back to the question that you asked before, you know, if it's like, if you see that there's changes that are happening, that 
you don't want to have to do and it feels, you know, hoisted onto you or like if you could just drag your feet because, you know, someone else down the block isn't doing it, then you're really not seeing what's in it for you to make changes and you're kind of in a fixed mindset, you know, and, um, and I, I think that, um, you know, the business case for a lot of the trends that are happening these days are just, you know, accepted as the new, you know, normal um, in terms of like more, um, you know, just like the idea of sprint recovery throughout your day, you know what I mean? That act, that's actually optimal performance. That's not like laziness for three minutes every 90 minutes. That's actually like what's going to give you smarter decision-making and sustained performance over time and, you know, actually increased productivity because you're not spending any time of your day numbed out and like too overwhelmed that you can't even like make a decision, you know, or just, uh, you know, like inclusion and belonging. We know that like when, you know, that's, you know, characterizes the culture that it's like literally some of the biggest increases in profit and innovation and, you know, everything like uh, related to culture. And so um, I think, I think it's having a fixed mindset for someone to think that way. And I think the opportunity is to really think about, um, you know, what, what's in it for you and how you can grow and how you can kind of the how, um, you know, like ways that are being modeled is actually going to help you get more of what you want. I think being open to that mm -hmm. and then you'll want to be a role model, you know, of those ways. And also appreciate that um, everybody is on their own journey and people are at different stages of their journey. So often when you become really aware of where you're at on your own journey or your own sort of pathway, um, it really heightens the awareness you have on others. And then, you know, sometimes judgment can kind of creep in. It's like, well, why are they doing that? So they're in a different part of their journey than what you are. And so, you know, appreciating that and holding compassion and space because it will happen for different people at different times in their own way, won't it? Yeah, I, I think that's absolutely right. And, you know, um, like when you're in your power, you are focused on what you can control not leaking your power, like trying to change other people, right? And um, you know that one, of, it's not the only way, um, but one of the best ways of persuading is like what you said earlier, actually, is like by showing up in a way that's a role model, you know what I mean? And kind of, you know, raises others to their um, best self. There's also ways that you want to really be effective, you know, in your persuasion. I have a whole chapter on that, actually, how to turn a no into a yes. And um, so... Uh, I think that's uh, I think that's absolutely right uh, in in terms of what you're saying, and um, you know, really, really to appreciate that, like we we have more power than we think, you know, in in a lot of situations, and to really kind of make that your uh, area of focus. In in some ways, it was kind of the the whole reason why I wrote the book was to help you to see that actually, like. <laughs> You, there's so many things that you can do in these situations in which you feel stuck or you feel like you have to leave or you just, you just are staying frustrated, you know, with other people or um, circumstances. And um, it's, it's your opportunity to, like, step up to be the leader, you know, to be the role model, um, to connect to kind of a bigger truth uh, or to relational power, you know, mm -hmm. uh, and connectivity that you have. There's actually so many things that you could do if you could get, you know, unstuck. And 
And, um, you know, there's a, a very famous experiment that was done by Harvard researchers where I'm, I'm sure you've seen this, but they um, videotaped two teams playing basketball. One is wearing white shirts and the other is wearing black shirts. And um, and uh, and they um, would have so they they videotaped these two teams playing basketball, passing the ball back and forth between each other. And they had people view this video and they had to count how many times the white team passed the ball back and forth between each other. And uh, during this videotaping, um, a very tall person wearing a, a gorilla suit um, walked through the middle of this, you know, passing uh, back and forth. And I mean, they've literally like shown this to like 500,000 people. I mean, it's like a very robust, you know, experiment. And at least half of the people, when they observe this video, don't see the gorilla at all. Like literally, they're like, there was no gorilla in there. Like, shut up. Like, no, there was. Like, don't don't make me wrong on this. Like, there was n there was no gorilla, and um and they're completely like convinced of this. And it's just, I it's it's actually in one of the early chapters of the books that I I cite this because, it's like, when you're so focused on counting, you know, the basketball passes or whatever you're focused on, blaming others or thinking it's not right or you know thinking why the other person down the hall hasn't done it yet or whatever it is. Um, uh, or, you know, not, you know, feeling overlooked or whatever it is, um, you know, you're so focused on uh, taking it personally that you're not looking at all the power you have in the situation where, you know, there's perspectives, there's questions you can ask, there's ways that you can manage your emotional reaction, there's persuasion approaches, there's positional power you even have. There's so much that you could do to actually create more of the circumstances that you want, not only for you, but for everyone around mm. you. and that's the opportunity we have. I, I love that. And I think also in flip side, it's like when you are so focused on being in your power, the little things that would have irritated you once upon a time, they're like the person in the gorilla suit. You don't even know, like it could be even really big and glaring to someone else, but you don't even see it. And I think that's what I love about, because I, I feel like I've operated in my power for a few years now. It's taken a, it's taken a, a bit to kind of- Good for you get there but you know ending the year feeling really refreshed and energized coming back in feeling just the same and focus focusing on what is what I am capable of and I mean like you said there's just so many different there's so many different options there's so many things that kind of come up it's never ending there's always opportunities to see things differently or learn more or have conversations with you know amazing people like yourself it, it really just, it, it changes the lens completely. Yeah. Love it. Love it. And again, you know, when you're in your power, you raise everyone around you. I love that. I think it's a perfect note to um, finish on Sharon. I, I think that my listeners are going to get so much value out of this conversation. It's really simple. I even think myself um, applying that you know, 90 minute sprint, two minute recovery. I'm not great with recovery um, intentionally. So I think I'm going to incorporate that into my year ahead. So thank you so much. Thank you. Appreciate the conversation. Uh, Sharon, for all of our listeners, um, has her own podcast, which is called The Power Shift. So I'll be sure to include a link to that if you want to hear more of Sharon's insights. Um, and I'll also include a link to her book, In Your Power. Um, and That would be fantastic. And actually... 
Um, would it be possible to tell, because I, I have um, like extra uh, resources, some of which I've referred to um, for readers. I mean, you can always, you know, just go to wherever you buy books, you know, to pick it up. But uh, head on over to www.inyourpowerbook.com, inyourpowerbook.com, because um, there, like, for example, you can um, get like a, a really high level assessment. It's just eight questions. Like a minute later, you can have a sense. Are you in your power or how much, you know, are you uh, in your power? It will give you a number of resources to, you know, kind of deal with some of these emotional reactions um, that I've been referring to so that you can be the one who shows up poised and can figure out, um, you know, what's the outcome that you want and who do you need to show up as uh, really constructive for you. So head on over to inyourpowerbook.com. And uh, for any of you um, uh, who've, um, I can be helpful to like coach women executives uh, and uh, help mid-career women get promoted, you can find me at SharonMelnick.com. Fabulous. Thank you so much. And thank you everyone for listening. I look forward to another Dynamic Leader conversation with you soon. Thanks again for listening to another episode of The Dynamic Leader. There is no better time than now to work through your leadership and people strategy to establish what the future might look like for your business and how you might empower your people to help you succeed. It is through building the capability of your people and reducing their dependency on you that will keep you moving forward at pace and will see you remaining relevant in the future. I have worked with over 100 businesses across almost as many industries and seen firsthand the challenges that come with employing, engaging and managing staff. If you're looking to improve how you lead, why not reach out for a conversation? In the meantime, thanks so much for joining me and stay awesome.